Hey everyone, it's Brian, your friendly neighborhood game master. And before we get into this awesome reunion episode, we wanted to make a quick announcement. And before we can make that announcement, I first have to tell you who we are. We are Brian Flaherty, Elliot Davis, Chinook Tessera, and Abby Hepworth. And, and oh yes, yeah, it's my line, Brian. Oh my sorry, god, Brian! Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Damn it, Brian! This is all staying in. And we are finally Abby Hepworth. And we are Many-Sided Media, a brand new multimedia TTRPG company that is producing the podcast you're listening to right now, as well as many more projects coming up in the next few months, years, decades. Oh boy. And we'll be telling you more about this company and our future projects so soon. But for now, we wanted to invite you to join the Many-Sided Media Discord server. It's free to join and not yucky at all. It's a community where you'll be able to chat with us, discuss past and present seasons, and help us pick which games we'll be playing next. Click on the link in the show notes and dive on in. Click that link. Click it. it. It's free. Do it. Free. Splash. Thanks, everyone. Splash. Splash. Uh, (laughs) Spoilers. No, we can't say splash. (laughs) Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we look forward to seeing you on the Discord. And remember, if you're having fun, you're already doing it right. Enjoy the episode, everybody. But I, but I, splash, splash. <laughs> <laughs> and to the final episode of our Die series. As ever, I am Brian Flaherty, and I am joined by my co-producer and co-host for this episode, Elliot Davis. Hello! Hello, hello. It's good to hear your voice a little bit more on this show. Oh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's going to be great. And there are a few other voices that are going to be joining us as well that you may recognize. We've got Enoch, our dictator, Draconix. Hi, it's me, your dictator. Hey! Um, wait, that's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping it in. <laughs> We've got Anna the Fool, played by Karen Page. Hi, everybody. I missed you so much. We missed you, too. <laughs> We've got Kelly, our emotion knight, played by Abby Hepworth. Hello! Hello! <laughs> We've got Jaimal Arneo, played by Chinook Tessera. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> You really, I, I got to go back and just do a compilation of you going, hey, every opening. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Ned, our Godbinder, played by Nathan Yaffe. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And last, but certainly not least, the creator of Die the RPG and Die the Comic, Kieran Gillen. Hello. How's it going? Good. I just didn't like it. Hey. It's in a podcast, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's great to have everybody back. It's great to have this this full family reunion going on here. Uh, yeah. First thing I just want to throw out, what'd you guys think of the final uh, show? I'm sad that it's ended. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. And I was like, I, I recognize that we have to wrap this up. <laughs> but I was like, I don't. On a personal level, I was like, I want to stay in the world. Uh, yeah. As Kelly, mm-hmm. I was like, no, we have to go home now. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was so in love with these characters. I was fully ready to do just like a slice of life 
uh, TTRPG, which I don't know if anyone wants, but just like <laughs> us going around our lives, like what's up with Enoch's kids this week? Like, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It just becomes like Wander Home or Yuzavis Bed and Breakfast. It's just the same characters, but just back <laughs> in the real world. Just at the Beanstalk, checking in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, Kieran, uh, this was our first time playing your game. Uh, what'd you think of the game? I, you know, utterly delightful. I mean, awful if I just came in here and said, oh, it's terrible. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what I had in mind at all for this game. Yeah. Yeah. Just, this. just one You're time, fine. I kind of want someone to come in that hot. Like, I don't know, it's for good content. I wouldn't be happy, but it would be you good You played content. it wrong. <laughs> the Joy of Dyers is a game which is explicitly asking the group questions, how are you going to play this? So every time I see a group play, it's like, oh, this is how you're doing it. And it's all about the mm. social contract that people make between them and how they're going to do it. So it's a delightful to see. And specifically, the characters are great. The world you created are great. So many like small details you want to fall in love with. Um, uh, applause. Uh, I feel bad the fans listen to the, uh, the podcast slightly quicker to get through the episodes. Because I've been, like, the sound design. I've, I've, I've been messing up the sound design. It's beautiful there. So much good stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, so much, like stuff which isn't in the game, you know, quirky stuff, which, you know, absolutely landed. You know what I mean? So that's really interesting to hear as well. Yeah. So well done, you lot. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> I'm going to be riding high off that compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Drac, I feel like um, of, of the people here, you were the one who was kind of like the most removed from the, because like me, Chinook, Abby, Nathan all knew each other pretty well. Carolyn, that was introduced through Nathan. You, I, I got introduced kind of through Kieran, and, and I reached out and asked you to play in the game. And I remember when Chinook made the call that the <laughs> that the chil- that the the village was filled with children, and I think it was like the perfect uh, the perfect moment of like you realizing what this group was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I I played with like people I would just met multiple times, and it's, there's always like the point of like, okay, what kind of group is this, and where can I like fit in? And it was definitely that moment where like Shanique was like, yeah, these are kids, but like Im- immortal kids. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I get it now. Okay, cool. This is, this is my kind of group. I okay. forgot. Here's I, the I vibe. Here's the vibe. <laughs> I, I mean, that just speaks to, like, the strength of this system that I think at the beginning, the, the character creation and the world building is so incredibly collaborative that yeah. you, it's a game that you really can play with strangers. And, I mean, yes, always have the talk about the X card and consent, of course, but this just really builds... You should sell this to, like, corporate retreats. Like, it's really a team-building <laughs> exercise, you know? That's your dream, right, Kieran? Corporate retreat. That's, that's why RPG interest is about trying to get in the back door at corporate. Uh, that's all I care about. I've been found out. Hey, there's many paths to the mountain's peak, man. <laughs> there's a great quote by Alex Roberts, who designed the amazing game for the Queen. Uh, and it's in the back one of the die trades. And she just talks about the idea that society tends to treat as the idea that creativity is this thing that other people do. And RPGs, like, you get, get around the table with your friends for an evening, you can make entire worlds from nothing. You know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of something I really took to heart. That's there's a fundamental like punk rock to democratic aspect to RPGs. And, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of what it does, and you can do this. Yeah, I really love thinking of TTRPGs as punk rock. That makes it feel yeah. even better. <laughs> you form a band, literally. Every RPG group, you form a band, and you work mm-hmm. out how you're going to play together. Wow, that's a what a beautiful analogy. I love that. <laughs> so what I think I want to do to start us off is I've got some like character specific questions. So I'm going to go around to kind of each of you. 
And we'll kind of talk about each of the characters in this game because I think everyone had these like rich, vibrant personas and paragons. And uh, so anyone who wants to, like, as I kind of start this off, feel free to jump in and, and pepper anyone we're talking to with questions and we'll, uh, we'll dive back into these characters. So I figured let's just start in dice order. Uh, D4 is our dictator. <laughs> Enoch slash Ingrid Delmont. The thing that I really loved about you, Drac, is that for the first three and three quarters episodes, I tried to get you to use the voice <laughs> so often. Every time, uh, I, every time you said something, I'd be like, are you saying this or are you saying, saying this? It. Wink, wink, hint, hint, hey. <laughs> and you held out. And you held out. And the whole time I'm just like, no, let's, let's like use the stuff. And boy, I've never been more wrong in my entire life. <laughs> I've never been more wrong in my entire life. Uh, because holding off the voice for that like maximum impact of using it against your brother was like one of my favorite parts of the whole series. I don't, now I don't have a question. That was just like a long time to say I loved that bit. Um, <laughs> Was that what you were thinking of, like the like from the start? You're like, I'm gonna hold on to this card until it's like most impactful. Yeah, because I made um, Enoch and an Ingram as like um, Enoch's, I guess honestly, power fantasy, and I think it being so real, and I think it like I think honestly, if he hadn't been hit in that first combat and felt that the very real pain, he probably would have used the voice way earlier. Because he would have still been in the mindset of like, this is just a game. Like, this is really weird and kind of creepy and uh, like odd. I don't understand how it's working. But as far as I'm concerned, this is just like a fun space for us to play in. But feeling that the actual like, very physical pain was like, oh, this is way more real than I'd originally just anticipated. So him feeling this power that even back then he wasn't, know he didn't know what he was holding back. He just knew there was something um, going on there. He was way more reluctant to indulge in that power fantasy because... Like, that whole point of power fantasy is that you don't have to reap the repercussions or consequences of it. But he's like, I will reap these consequences if I use this. Um, so I definitely held back because I think that's what Enoch himself would have done. And just story-wise, it makes it hit even harder when he eventually does use it. Um, I definitely didn't think it would be against his brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Brian, what the was, hell? Yeah, I didn't know that was going to happen. Sorry. Um, but in that moment, it felt like the right moment to use it. Um, and the immediate, and I think what was even better was the immediate um, consequences of that, or at least the realization that yeah. his brother did, even in Death World, did love him, made it so that one, his the past time he held it back made, like, was validated um, because it's against, like, these are real people. And two, he, the first time he actually uses it, and let's go of this, um, I guess responsibility this um understanding of like knowing this is wrong the moment he lets go of it he's on the one person in this world that, he, that knows him best that he knows best and actually supported him so measly is like i regret <laughs> doing that and what i also love about it is that like from a mechanical sense you went all the way to like seven on your your <laughs> yeah. dice, which, yeah. it, which if i remember correctly kieran it's like otherworldly uh ungodly levels uh will likely result in death it is like the <laughs> like the description is this is as bad as it can get so it wasn't like you went from zero to 60 you went from zero to 100 and goddamn 80 <laughs> it was it was such a terrifying moment it like impacted generations of 
of lore in that world, right? Is, mm-hmm. is what yeah. happened. Yeah, whenever you see like the flick of green and like yeah. flames or anything like that. I remember in that moment, Brian, I thought you were going to kill him. Like, I thought you were going to like <laughs> let uh, Drac do that and then just be like, and your brother dies. Like, I thought you were going to like, I re- like, yeah. I was very scared in that moment, like off camera, like, oh no, he's going to kill him. He's going to let him go to seven and kill his brother. Um, I, but I still, but I love what you chose to do even better because it still had that feeling of consequence without uh, being a, mur- uh, a murder. I think that's what happened was kind of worse than dying. (laughs) There's a lot of things in this world and this messed up world of die that are worse than death. And that's definitely one of them. I loved how it like the echoing forward through time Mm -hmm. is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just like that choice. For me, I I always imagine it as like um, you scared him so much he became fictional. You know, yeah. Yeah. that's kind of the vibe. I expect the more you talked about it, it's like, oh no, he's not even a person anymore. He's a story, and that's yeah. kind of yeah. Like, wow. yeah, yeah, that's petrifying. I I knew that be, just because I knew the intention from Enoch and or, or Ingrid in that moment wasn't to kill his brother. I was like, I it would feel so bad to like kill this guy, but I knew. But I was also like, I had the sheet pulled up in front of me because I was like making sure I had all the rules right and stuff. I was looking at seven, and it's not even like seven, and then there's an eight past it. Seven plus is the top of the scale. <laughs> so, and I was just reading all the things there, and I was like, I, don't, I gotta fuck this guy up. I gotta fuck this guy up. <laughs> um, and and you and you teed me up so well for it, which was great. The other thing with the voice and Drac, I'm curious if this influenced sort of your thoughts out of character as a player. Is like we talk about the voice in the safety conversation of this game, which I think is such a smart choice, Kieran, to include in the safety conversation. And I'm wondering, as the player who was taking on the dictator, did you feel that added responsibility of, like, this is a mechanic that, like, brings with it a safety conversation and did that inform it? Yeah. No, yeah. Um, I've I've played many TTRPGs and I've had many um, games where the GM took um, control of my character from me without permission. Um, or at least without giving me a heads up. Usually I'm okay with it, but like without a heads up or in that moment, never um, talking to me about it. Um, and it doesn't feel great. <laughs> so I just, I yeah. just like in that, that entire time, I didn't want, I wanted to make sure I didn't have, I wasn't the cause of that kind of um, uncomfortableness to anyone else. Um, so like I was, even if, I think the one thing I would have never have done is I would have even, I think we gave, everyone gave me permission to use on their characters if I mm-hmm. gave them heads up first. But honestly, even then I would have gone with every other option first <laughs> before going with that. Um, I think the only time I did use it was when we leveled up and I picked up, um, God, what was it? Because oh, uh, emotion trust I had. Yeah, we trust, yeah. did like a little bit of a uh, team situation yeah because yeah. we like worked yeah that was really cool yeah mm-hmm. so I, I never used to remove control of another player but i thought it was definitely very cool to be like oh wait we're using the same like emotion wheel mm-hmm. i could boost you um so like that's the only aspect i wanted to use it in um but yeah no i definitely had that on, on the, at the back of my mind the entire time because honestly the worst thing you can do is take uh, like take someone someone's control of their character without permission mm-hmm. um and like even even if you're like, hey, I'm not cool with that, and we like wreck on it. At least for me, there's still like the weird feeling of like they they tried to do it. I don't right. feel as it's comfortable still playing out with them. There. Yeah, it's yeah. still like out there. No, I think it, I think you played it really well. It was really fun. And then I think 
So the I think that moment of you using the voice was one of my favorites of the series. It was just this like epic moment. And also like for me, I also got to like add on to it. So I was just like, God, this is so cool. It was so good. And I loved sound designing it. Like, it was a lot of fun. Um, but I think I think every cast member in this show like fucked me up at least once. <laughs> and the time that you fucked me up was actually, I think in the I think it's in the last episode when you called in a favor from fate. That I yeah. was like <laughs> not ready for. Like I, I know you had you had had taken uh, an advancement in the dictator, and you could like call in a favor. And when you said that, I would like sat back and I was like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> shit, shit. <laughs> uh, which is always a lovely feeling, um, but it is a terrifying one when you have a microphone directly in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> but I really yeah. loved that move. Yeah, we I. I had like a whole backstory for what dictators were in this world. Um, I literally have it up on my screen right now. The vibe of it was that um, things that we, people we call dictators now were like the creations of demons and devils to counteract and fight gods because there was some war between the devils and the gods. Um, but before they could finish it, the gods kind of like busted their HQ and like, um, mesh it up before they could finish their their creations of deicides. So deicides aren't like as gods breaking as they they were meant to be. They're just still like so. It still gave like story reason why I wasn't just killing gods left, right, and center. Um, it's just because I was in, as an incomplete creation. Um, so it like I kind of hinted at that with every time I could see fates, mm-hmm. whereas everyone, no one else could. And then when I saw that um, progression in the dictators, like. I have to, I have to take this I'll one, take call in a favor. I need to do that. And that moment was perfect. Just absolutely perfect for it. It was great. It, it fucked me up. Um, <laughs> yeah, also, huge just... props for building a whole backstory for that. That's awesome. And like, I know, such that's a cool, incredible. Yeah. cool yeah, player move awesome. and, and absolute it. props. Um, I think let's move over to the D6 now with our fool, Anna and Viper and Carolyn yeah, Page. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn, you were the first person to fuck me up. Uh, because in the first episode, I have Danny like in the basement giving his kind of like, hey, uh, I'm glad you guys came back. And you immediately called him out. You immediately called him out <laughs> on his shit. And I actually think that was like the first time the game not like went off the rails, but like went off of where I was thinking it was going. And I think that that you called him out immediately, that everyone else kind of also called him on his shit. That led to let's squash it in the game. And that fully like changed the character trajectory of Danny for the rest of the game. Whoa. Um, like, yeah, I, I think I was ready for that to kind of like the thing we would build to is the confrontation with Danny. Instead, mm. it comes out right away. Mm. Well, you're welcome. Slash, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It was perfect. It was perfect. But it was, but it was one of those moments that like kind of knocked me back a bit, and I had to, had to like fight for it again. What was it about, uh, like Viper and Danny's relationship that you, or that uh, between Anna and Danny's relationship that you knew that that was like the move you had to make right away? I think that it was her in the in the character backstory building we'd done. Things had not worked out for Anna the way that she wanted. And they kind of had worked out pretty good for Danny. And, like, she felt also... I, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, this movie, Let Them All Talk, but it's kind yeah. of that same... It's a Meryl Streep movie about, like, middle-aged people on a boat. 
and like their old friends. And it's about someone taking someone else's story and using it. But only the writer is the only one who can really tell the story, even if it's someone else's story in their own way. And so Anna kind of grappling with that, like kind of going back to what Drax said, like having someone else take your control of yourself and tell your story is an uncomfortable feeling. And I think that Anna felt like that uh, in regards to Danny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing that I love that you did in this game, I think this is something that's specific to The Fool. I think, uh, Nathan, you did this a little bit as well, but The Fool, I gave you a couple opportunities to like, oh, you could add a circle to your dice, or if you want to, you could add a cross instead. And every time without fail, you're like, oh, I'll add an extra cross to my dice. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel like, I've said this a couple times, but it's like a sign of, of a good table and good players when the players choose to eat their broccoli instead of playing with their shiny toy. Like, they know the shiny toy will be better. I'm mixing metaphors. They know the dessert will taste better. Don't eat your toys. Do not eat your toys. It won't taste good. Listening to that bit gave me an idea. Sorry to jump in. No, no, go for it. Literally, that was one of the specific bits. I wish I'd had an idea hack this into the game. Because, I mean, what I would have done is, like, draw a special symbol for that. Rather than, okay, this is a specific narrative beat. And this will come back. You know, so you've drawn, oh. so like, whenever that turns up, whatever caused that symbol would actually then come back into the game. Oh, let me, cool. You know what I mean? So that it's not necessarily good so or bad, it's its cool. own special thing. You know what I mean? Ooh, like, that's, that's mm. like, there's been, you know what I mean? Listen to stuff, you go, oh, this is great. Then you can do that. But yeah, yeah so I, I love, you know, oh, I'll do a cross. It's beautiful. Anyway. Cool. <laughs> I really like that. I really like that idea. I think it was also, again, speaks to, like th- this system isn't meant to be you could you could absolutely play this for you know 20 years but i think just knowing that it's contained and you kind of have something that you're working towards makes you want to make those bold choices like mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. the strong choice make the dangerous choice because their time is limited just like in real life, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting real today. We're getting real. <laughs> Actually, kind of, kind of on that note, um, we've got a bunch of uh, audience questions from the Die Discord and from our Twitter. Uh, so we, we've got a question from the Die Discord server uh, from God Berender, God Berender. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know. God, God Berender. But had this been a a longer campaign, either a like significantly longer campaign, or even just a little bit, because like, we only actually played four episodes that turned into six. Is there anything different you would have done with your character or with her arc had you known you had a little bit more time on your hands? Honestly, the one thing, like, I wish that I had thought less as the fool. It's mm-hmm. really hard to to not think about character moves and what you're doing and and be spontaneous in that way. And so I wish I had kind of gone crazier with with the with Viper. Anybody else? That was, I wish, um, or if we'd had more time, I would have loved to explore a little bit more of the sort of like pairing and teaming of Drac and myself and how we could yeah. play with uh, that relationship and those skills and 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 uh, all of that. That would have been very cool to continue exploring if we'd had a little more time. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I think I, funny enough, probably would have held back on using the voice for a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> Hell <laughs> if yeah. we had we had more time, if it was a longer campaign. 
Um, the using of my brother was honestly like story wise incredible. I think it's a really good point to use it at. But um, it was perfect. Yeah. 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 I think it would have been if it had longer. I would have had more chance to uh, like explore the reluctancy of using it after that. I think actually because after that, I would definitely would have definitely been like, I was right to have not used it before. Why did I? Why did I slip up this time? I would have been way more reluctant afterwards. This just reminds me, I'm a big fan of um, Trigun, like the 1998 animated series. And it just reminds me that like it takes six or seven episodes for Vash the Stampede, the most famous outlaw in the world, the 60 billion double dollar man, to fire his gun. Yeah. And when it finally <laughs> happens, it's like, now you know it's fucking important. Uh, this is like a real <laughs> moment. Uh, and it's something I've got I've, I've to take my own advice of like, just eat your veggies. The dessert will taste better if you wait. The shiny <laughs> taste better. Yeah, I feel like Anna, or sorry, Carolyn, as Anna, you that eat your veggies concept. You also were really big on in character creation and those character creation conversations. Like you gave Anna like a consistently sad life as like all the answers <laughs> to every question. Um, and I'm curious, kind of what your thought was. I think it worked super well. I think she was a great character and it gave this great art. But what was your what was your thought process behind that? I just really liked, I think, reading the the die comic and like the that's included in the the RPG uh, PDF that we had. Like, it's so sad. It was just so sad and so real. And juxtaposing that with this big fantasy world, like, I don't know. I just love the dramatic tension of that. Like, all of us kind of have some sad stuff in our lives, probably. And my, my life's not as sad as Anna, although her, I turned out okay for her. Um, but I, I just really like a sad character because you could really feel with that. And it's, that's real. Like people are quite, can be quite sad. Okay. Now I've brought, now I've brought the mood down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's fitting. It's fitting. I think I want to move over to our D8, our emotion night, our trust night. Uh, Kelly with a Y, Kelly with an I, Abby Hepworth. <laughs> Uh, which is one of my favorite little bits because it really did help me as a game master be like, oh, I know where she is on the spectrum yeah. because she, like, I know when she's Kelly with a Y and when she's Kelly with an I. It was a very like simple thing, but it was great. Um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. As, at, you know, as a, a small aside, for this series, we had like a last minute dropout. Abby filled in with 30 minutes, like 30 minutes before we started the first episode. Abby jumped in. Uh, a real, I was literally a real trooper. out on a run, making my way back to the apartment, knowing that I was like going to leave so that everyone could record and everything. And Brian's like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Do I cancel? Do I? I was like, it's cool. I'll play. It's fine. We'll, we, we'll work it out. <laughs> it was great. I was like, I'll just jog uh, on back home and we'll be good. <laughs> Which is, that's something Kelly would do too, I feel like. It's very in character. <laughs> I do think the, the first moment that you got me not not necessarily like like knocked me on my back but was just like yes 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 was <laughs> the second you named your uh parents uh cafe the beanstalk mm -hmm. i was like thank you yes <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> it's just something i know i can keep you know grabbing onto and bringing up these like fantasy things right who was it was it nathan did you find there's the actual cafe called the beanstalk in queens or brian did you just oh i found it, it. yeah there, there's okay. an actual cafe called the beanstalk i'm sure there are a bunch it, it but somewhere it's just queens. fun yeah and we're all going there tonight <laughs> 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 
I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> and we're there right now. Drac will see you in 11 hours or so. Yeah. <laughs> um, Abby, I feel like the other thing you did that was such a, like, and I don't know if this came from, like, only jumping in with such little preparation to think, but, like, I thought it was such a fun, interesting choice for the Emotionite to go for trust. Like, mm. when people have seen it on the Discord and stuff, it's been something where they're like, I wouldn't have expected trust as a choice. Like, because it's like people might gravitate towards like anger or something that like feels obvious. And I'm curious why you went for trust and like how you felt about that choice. It's funny because it's like if if I will admit if I had been uh, part of like the if I had gotten to choose which one I was going to be, I don't think I would have picked Emotion Night, but then ended up really loving it. And it was a very interesting like challenge to to think about like how this character mechanic works and like how to how to play it out uh and it was the kind of thing of yeah looking through the emotion um wheel where i feel like anger is a is a one that i immediately knew kind of what that looked like or what it felt like and also there was a little piece of me that thought that like happiness like that's or or joy that that's like horrifying (laughs) (laughs) It, it just would have been very cool but again uh Neither one of them, um, I knew what they looked like, but they also would have been a big effort on my part to play in a way that I thought was good. I don't think that they're the they they weren't that true to like me as a person, and especially with like such little notice of looking through. And I thought that trust was just such a interesting, complex one where I was like, I really want to see what this like I don't know what this looks like and I want to explore it and and think it's an interesting weird like a mode like it's it was the one as well that on the wheel I was like trust doesn't feel like an emotion to me like I wouldn't necessarily define it as one but then playing it I was like no I get this um so it just seems like the most intriguing where I was like I don't know what this looks like and I want to figure it out it was a puzzle I've got a, another question from the Die Discord from Jilly. The, the question is, what are some things about your personas that you realized were different from how you initially imagined them as you played the game? From where you started to where you ended up, like what, what surprised you? What did you learn about Kelly with a Y and Kelly with an I uh, <laughs> as, as you kind of went along? Oh, gosh. Um... Or did you just nail it right out of the gate? <laughs> <laughs> I would never, never say that I nailed it right out of the gate. That simply does not happen uh, for me. But, um, man, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think, again, just talking about, like, with the, with the trust of, like, thinking about the ways in which trust and the way that you trust other people and can use trust either abusing or in, like, a positive way and the way in which you kind of think about and relate to trust was just a really fascinating and fun thing to explore going through from the start of picking it and being like, I don't really understand what this is going to look like, but I guess we'll figure it out. And by the end, I was like, oh, this is cool. And that's also why, like, towards the end with um, thinking about all the cool things with the dictator and the emotion night, I was like, oh, now I, like, feel like I get it and I've got the mechanics and everything. And I was like, and now we can, like, get into the the fun, kooky, crazy, like hacking the system sort of a thing. Uh, and now we can flip a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the other fun thing was was thinking of of truly creative violence of, I was like, how creative and weird can we get here? Um, 
of what did I originally ask you to do was was uh you, you asked gravity. me could, could you, could, is gravity a because I think you were up to like <laughs> level five or something because the dictator helped you yeah. and you you said something like is gravity a force and I was like well it is sure <laughs> <laughs> it, liter- it literally is I don't know uh, what liter- we're doing here find <laughs> as yes um but so yeah it was it was I think the 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 things that surprised me were the ways in which um, just exploring like what you could do with trust was very cool. I feel like it is a thing where Kelly in my head, as soon as we started doing the character building, I was like, Oh, I know Kelly. I've got Kelly. Mm. And then it was really the emotion night part uh, and exploring that, that I think developed and grew and was very cool to, to learn more. I think it is also fun to have a, character because i feel like kelly is just a little as far as like uh, the the characters in this world she's the one that's the most like out of place in that like she's almost like too good for this like she's too lovely and nice for this world whereas everyone else kind of slides into a little bit more brian have you forgotten about her she is a little klepto but it's (laughs) she's a klepto for good well that's i think part of why also i i did um want to like when we were talking about them as like adults and how it was that Kelly found like stability that again tapping into that like sadness that Carolyn talked about of like the way she found stability is in isolating herself where she has control over her and that's all she can control so she feels a lot more stable um and doesn't necessarily like try to have relationships with other people because I yeah I did want to uh put a little bit of of yeah, sadness and break that idea of like the purity or or the too good. <laughs> the, her her like positivity uh, needed a little bit of an edge. Mm. It was also nice. Um, our uh, theme song and our, our character themes were composed by Behold, Colin McClutchy. Uh, big round of applause for, for Behold and Colin. Good. Um, good. Amazing. But when I when he designed everyone everyone's character themes, they all kind of roughly fit around the the main theme kind of they were all synth wave they had guitar solos and stuff and kelly's i knew had to be different it had to be acoustic kind of chill surfer vibes and when he delivered it i was like this is awesome this is so cool i don't know if this fits but then when you play like chill surfer vibe music under the description of a person flipping a mountain with two ice axes. Uh, surprisingly, it really plays. <laughs> Wait, can I also say, Brian, you having the ice axes be like my parents um, <laughs> was just so the funny. I loved that. So I was like, of course it would be. Like, that makes so much sense. It was. Uh, and then I, cause I know you started as one and then, uh, Nathan, I'm pretty sure Nathan brought up, was like, why don't you just like make it to like split them? And then you're like, oh yeah, they're magnetized and they split. And yeah. They could be one or two that you split up. It was so cool. I loved it. Really loved the axes. The eighties are over and you're not kids anymore. Now is a much darker time. Something happened to you, and you got touched by the weird, and it made you wild, and it made you powerful. This is the world of The Lost Bay, a suburban gothic RPG. A fever dream set in 1990X and inspired in equal parts by dark fantasy, horror classics, and the 90s indie culture. 
after years of development and thanks to the feedback and support of a community of early enthusiasts, The Lost Bay is coming to Kickstarter. Featuring a full rulebook and complete setting designed by Eco, kick-ass art by Evangeline Gallagher, killer maps by Strega Wolf Vandenberg, and six additional modules by some of the coolest designers in the indie scene. So go to thelostbayrpg.com to be notified on launch. That's thelostbayrpg.com. Um, let's move on over to our D10, our Neo, J. Jayamal Chanuk to Sarah. Woo! 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 <laughs> so every, every game master knows that sometimes during a game, you have to pause while your characters, while your players are playing and like take notes on what's happening. Uh, like just for yourself. And during episode one, I, I did this. I, I took 15 seconds to myself while everyone else was talking and I took some notes to make sure I remembered some names. And when I looked up and my ears like caught up with my brain, I had realized that Chinook had made the town that they were going to all children. <laughs> 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 and all of my plans in that town would not work if they had to do them with children. <laughs> so, Shnook, my question to you is, why? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. They, I love it. I love it. I love they it. were. They were. First off, ancient. They were ancient. They were yeah. ancient. Oh, yeah, beings. Like, like, it's very ancient clear. They were ancient children. beings who happened to look like, like children. children. Uh, I also, I mean, I realized, so I, I did it. I made the choice. And then in the back of my head, I was like, oh my God, I think we said in the like, uh, safety tool, like the safety tool talk that we don't want to do violence against children or anything. Obviously. And I was like, shit. Uh, so I was being like, but they're old. They're old people. They're really, really old. Uh, and also I, not great to commit violence against old people. Right. Just, <laughs> not, okay. Okay. not okay. Not okay. Not, not, not we're we're only cool. okay with violence against the middle-aged. <laughs> you, you, you will notice the second you guys got into the Nightmare's Rest, I was like, oh yeah, look at all these children. There's these like bicycles and there's a ferry. Oh, there's also some regular people too. <laughs> yeah. And those are the only people you ever interacted with. Uh, but it's also like credit to everyone else. Like I think I made some wild swings and then everyone else just jumped on the improv and like made it so much fun. So it's like a team, the team did a great job with that. Diamo being just the worst older man. <laughs> so funny to <laughs> No, you really leaned hard into it, and I loved it so much. It, it worked. It was originally, I was like, what is he doing? And then I was like, I got it now. We're good. I, I really dug the idea of, like, the more fair gold he got, the more, like, the less senile he got. <laughs> it was really fun. I think that choice is fully, like, I was listening to uh, you talking to Kieran and Grant during your, like, the, the, like, talking to the creator episode. And I remember that, like, I forget who said it. But one of them said, like, what will the Neo do if he doesn't have Fairgold? And I fully let that, in, like, inform my decision. Of, like, <laughs> he's going to get weird and say some <laughs> shit that he should not say. Because <laughs> I wasn't right. Because we didn't talk about uh, Jaimal being, like, an old man in character creation or something. That came out, like, the moment I asked you, what does he look like? Yeah, um, that was a surprise. Wait, really? Mm -hmm. I fully yeah. thought you had that planned. 
I fully panicked off camera. When <laughs> I was like, I was fully like, oh, oh, uh, how do we? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand, but it worked great. <laughs> what what made you make that choice? I think uh, an initial creation of the character, like my initial idea of Jaimal was actually super similar to what Carolyn was making with Anna. And I was oh. like, all right, I got to pivot. I got to go somewhere else. <laughs> and then I was like, what can I do? I was like, oh my God, let's make this like traditionally like, you know, successful, handsome man into like something that I think most young people kind of fear of like getting older. Let's make him old and let him like confront that. Mm. And uh, it worked out. Yeah, it was so cool. <laughs> really good. Yeah. yeah, it was a great metaphor. You know, it's like it's a guy whose career is already over. You know, I was immediately struck by, yeah, this is uh, an interesting way to sort of talk about this guy. Yeah, yeah. And then the the other great thing you did for this game was introduce the cast and the world to Brett. <laughs> <laughs> we love Brett. I love Brett. We love now Brett. we love what Brett. Brett. Best now arc we love in Brett. the entire series. <laughs> that, that, the arc this game was really about. Was the job. <laughs> this show's about Brett. This really was just a love story. <laughs> yeah. Told through a super weird lens. <laughs> so I don't think I knew you were married to Brett until you said it. I, I was always picturing as like, like the hanger on the leech. And that's why I made uh-huh. him, you know, the the soul-sucking vampire. He's like sucking your essence and you know, trying to get it for himself. He's sucking your clout or something. Yeah. When in the story did you know you were married to Brett? Did that happen when I when I asked you for a secret, or was that earlier on? I think um as like I think uh I knew like had like a vague idea, like, all right, Jayamal's queer and like afraid to kind of like bring that out. And I just didn't know like how to say it. I think like towards like ep- like maybe the the end of the second recording, the third, I was like, oh, he's with Brett. Because everyone kind of hated Brett. And it's like, this character sucks. And I'm like, well, why does Jaimal like him so much? Like, why, like, every time does he, like, come up? I'm like, oh, Brett, where is he? I want him. And then I was like, oh, it's because, like, he's secretly, like, queer and, like, doesn't want to tell everyone and wants them to accept his partner. Oh, uh, mm. I like that justification for why Brett is kind of a dick sometimes, too. Is like, that's really hard to live as, like, closeted mm-hmm. and not be able to talk about that. And like sacrifice that for your partner's career, and so I thought that was just great character justification. Yeah, uh, Brett is truly a hero for being closeted for so yeah. long. For reading you all of Danny's yeah. books. I know that was <laughs> that was the detail that got recontextualized by that I'm married to Brett in yeah. such a beautiful way because you said that he read them to you in like the first episode, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a goofy detail, and then it becomes this. So sweet detail about your marriage. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, at first it's like a, oh, like it kind of characterizes Jaimal as like this guy who's like, I'm too busy to do this. So you're like, I'm too big a deal. And you read it to me of like, I've got too much going on or whatever. Yeah. And then by the end, you're like, oh my God, no, this is true love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I also love that. I think. You can hear in real time when everyone's opinion on Brett switched. Yeah. <laughs> like, when Janique was like, yeah, I'm with Brett. Everyone was like, Brett is fucking awesome. We love Brett. <laughs> it was, Gay icon, let's go. It was really hard to like, as Abby, be like, I fucking love Brett. And as Kelly, be like, but Kelly still thinks he's annoying. It was really hard to maintain that sort of difference. 
it, it was an interesting moment for me as like the 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 bleed between Brian and Danny because Brian designed this vampire to be this like soul sucking clout chasing you know guy. Danny designed a an encounter that was echoing your real life, and then when it gets flipped, I'm kind of like, shit, Brian's got to change this, and also yeah. Danny's got to like recontextualize <laughs> this, and it was a fun moment for me to realize like oh like there's yeah bleeds real it happens <laughs> um it was very well, yeah, fun Dan- if danny didn't know danny didn't d- that was danny's opinion of of bread also yeah. and then so that's that's why he showed up that way in the world yeah danny thought he was an obstacle to be overcome or like yeah. a, th- a thing that you had to figure out he saw it as being like a bad thing that you had to defeat not realizing there was like this whole thing behind it which was a very fun moment for me, just like this weird meta uh, thing. Right. And to, I guess, answer God Behringer's question, I think if we had more time, I I don't know if I would have taken the pawn shop thing to like do the secret trade. Uh, just because like in the Neo, the way it's like that you take your levels, it's like kind of like an offshoot initially that I think most people wouldn't go to so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think with more time, it would have like gone a different direction. But uh I also wish I had explored Jay's relationship to like, like Enoch more deeply and like Kelly and like, they like kind of got teased out with Anna towards the end and like mm-hmm. Ned a little bit, but just like exploring the more interpersonal relationships between everyone would have been fun. Mm. You know, we, we could have just played this forever. We could have just done it forever. <laughs> we <You> guys <laughs> could have stayed in the game and we could have done all of the 20 sides of die. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to call out another wild choice made by Yushanuk, which was yes. um, everyone pretended to be Ned's grandma. In oh, high school. No. Was oh, one of the most unhinged things I've ever heard. Then it totally broke Drac. Drac was it, like, I, I <laughs> did not know how to react to that. I was like, that feeling. Because I'm really good with like people being like, make up a backstory of me and my character together. I'm like, cool, I can think of a way why my character would do this. I was like, I fully do not know what I was going to be like, yeah, this is a good idea. Just peer pressure. <laughs> By far your wildest thing. It was the greatest thing. Another moment where I was just like, I'm going to say something and let everyone else take care of it. And you guys did a great job taking care of it. The Next time you'll be the, you can be the fool. Yeah. There Rolls. is something to speaking first. Like speaking first is easy. You just get to say the thing. Everyone else has to deal with it. <laughs> you don't have to contextualize it. Oh my God. I love the that. way, the way Nathan asked, my parents told you guys first. I was like, oh my God, that's so silly. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely, I I don't think I've ever been like generally speechless until that moment. <laughs> oh man! And it was funny too because I feel like I really thought I knew where you were going, which is what I thought you were going to say. Like, oh, we all took his exams for him, like to cover for him and like do the sorts of things. I was thinking and that too. I was like, literally like I was thinking ahead and I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. This is like a fun thing, like whatever. And then that comes out of your mouth. And yes, again, fully just like my brain stopped and was like, what? <laughs> huh? We, I'm sorry. We did what? <laughs> fully little red riding hood. <laughs> poor Ina, or poor Ned. 
<laughs> great, great choices, one and all. I love yeah. them. You know what? I, I was going to move over to Ned, but I think the last thing we got to say, Bingus. Love it. Bingus. I love Bingus. I really, Bingus. I, I'm just going to put this out into the world. I want someone to make fan art of Mech Bingus. And then on top of Mech Bingus is Bing Bingus curled up. And on top of Big Bingus is regular Bingus curled up. That's what I want. Aww. I want to see it. Aww. <laughs> someone make it. I'm putting it out to the, the world. Stack of <laughs> Bingus. Yeah. All snuggling. The, the, the nesting doll situation of Bingus. <laughs> <laughs> we love Bingus. Uh, we love Bingus. Moving over to the D12, the Godbinder, Ned, Cast the Seer, Nathan Yaffe. Hi. I think my thoughts on you as a player can be described in three words detect narrative significance (laughs) (laughs) i've i've gotten a lot of great asks as a game master that is one of my favorite asks of all time because every godbinder gets a blast ability they get a heal ability and they get a detect ability and you get to choose what the detect is and you ask me can i have detect narrative significance and i've never said yes faster (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean the godbinder like to me is is like the 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 metagamer uh class and Mm -hmm. so like it was like that's sort of what i am in real life like i try and build like the most broken characters i can and it's like oh this one literally is you you can just ask to make up a new rule for you if you want (laughs) um so yeah it's like and 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 that's part of like why i chose fate as the as the god also because like this is it's a dice rolling game like you're literally you know just trying to manipulate probability um to make it so that uh you and your companions can succeed as much as possible and so yeah it's like what's a detect ability for it's to move the story along so it's like okay well let's just cut out the middleman and uh <laughs> like i want i want to detect the thing that moves the story along so that we can get to the the next bit yeah thanks for, <laughs> thanks for letting me do that <laughs> I, was, I had to jump on this one it's like the intent of the design is that you can have that what you can change that noun as often as you like so you don't just have one detect spell oh you can really use it, anything to do with your god so, like, oh. absolutely, detect narrative significance is 100% a great fate detect spell. <laughs> but, like, you, you could be tied to other stuff, like, you know, detect loaded dice or something. You know what I mean? Like, oh. you wouldn't you oh. be able to sense anything your gods would be able to sense. That's the intent. Oh, that's uh, cool. but, but trust me, that's a great spell. You know, narrative significance <laughs> is a great use of fate. Really. <laughs> Thank you. That's cool. It, it was another um, weird kind of meta moment for me as, like, Brian and as Danny, because when I asked you to be on the season, I... Like, I think I specifically told you, I was like, oh, you know, check out any class you'd like. I think you'll like the Godbinder because I know you like you like power gaming. And in the last episode or in the second last episode, I asked you guys what you see in the facsimile that Danny made of you. And you said that, like, Danny only sees uh, Ned as like a power gamer, but not seeing that he just wants to play the game. And I was just like. Oh shit! I've got to re-examine how I look at Nathan a little bit. I've just been red so hard. <laughs> but it was a really cool moment because it was like, here's what this is what Danny's not seeing, and 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 that bit of bleed and that bit of like that dichotomy was very cool to like experience in the moment. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this game is like 
it's made for I mean it's it's accessible to anyone but it really felt like reading through the PDF I was like oh this is like a love letter to people who spend all their time playing tabletop RPGs and uh, <laughs> this is this is for me and so I was just like I'm just going to explore some some real stuff about my relationship with with games uh mm. through through this and it was it was super fun and rewarding so thanks for having me yeah, of course. Thanks for coming. Um, Nathan, I think you probably, actually, this is not probably, this is definitely, uh, fucked me up the hardest. Great. Uh, because in the last episode, <laughs> I we were doing our, our uh, epilogues, and we were doing where we're at, and I committed the greatest sin a game master can commit. I, I knew like you were the last one to go, and mm-hmm. I was... I kind of stopped listening and was like thinking ahead to how I like what are the closing lines of the episode or so you know I was trying to get ahead to the ending. Mm-hmm. And when you had Ned walk up to Danny's house with the dice, I think you can hear it in the audio. I just like stammer for 30 seconds <laughs> I had no I freaking got you, man. To, you got me so got your ass. <laughs> That's one of the worst I've ever been gotten on this show. So good. You just hear me like as Brian and Danny be like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, come in, I guess. Let, I'm just like trying to buy time while I'm like, okay, yeah. well, how, how am I going to do this? Honestly, after we stopped recording that that day and um, Brian and I always kind of like afterwards talk about like, oh, highs, lows, like things, whatever. For like 30 minutes, Brian was just like, I just, I didn't see it coming. And like, <laughs> it was all he was talking about where he was like, should I, like, oh man, that was just, what a move. What a move. <laughs> I, I, I was also yeah. worried I stepped on it like a great moment because like you did this thing and then I was just like uh, I, I just like stammering. I was like like listening back, I was like, I, do I leave this in? Do I cut this? Like what 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 do I do? <laughs> it was a it was an honest reaction. I think that's that's what you want. Yeah. That's what you want. But uh yeah, I mean it was like I was going last, so I had the most time to think about what my epilogue was gonna be, and I was like, Yeah, let's just try this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I, I did. love it. Like bringing those because that immediately was like, oh, I want to do, I want to do it, I want to do this, and like that would be so interesting seeing these people who've already been there. You go back at a much later phase in your life where maybe like you don't have as much maybe to lose, and so the the impetus to stay in the world could be stronger. I think that's very interesting to explore. Yeah. Sequel? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Season Sequel? two. Season two. We do have uh, Josh Coop from our Twitter. Yeah, so when's the next season of Die? <laughs> yeah. All right. Wait, I have a related question. If we were going to play a season two and do the same characters would you have them be the same persona or would you pick a new one Ooh. or paragon i'm sorry paragon yeah. we do the paragon. same personas mm. do you think that they would do the same be the same paragon in the world i think ned would probably yeah uh... i want to switch with chinook <laughs> <laughs> i want jaimal i want jaimal to be the fool just cuz i think he would it would be like watching you know Tchaikovsky play the harpsichord or whatever. <laughs> it would be a, a masterful stroke. I honestly, I would love it for, for it to end up being like Enoch comes over, but for whatever reason, his kid has to come over as well. And his 
kid gets sucked into the game. Yeah. Than yeah. Enoch does. And I think I, I think it'd be interesting. I think it'd be very funny for like the the new Jumanji style where like she gets sucked in and is still in like Ingrin's body. Mm. Um, oh my so you god. Have a very comedic <laughs> moment of like Enoch and like who's Enoch? I'm it's Eleanor. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like that um, vibe. Um, I would love that. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Trapped on vacation with your dad's friends. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. I don't know. I feel like I'd play all the Paragons seem really fun. The Neo is really fun. If it, like we wanted to switch, Carolyn, that'd be whatever. Like I'm down <laughs> okay. for anything. Um, Brian, I got to turn it to you. We got to talk about the master. There's one more Paragon. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you got um, I wasn't ready for this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I think you've alluded to a lot in this conversation is the ways that things that Danny was going through bled into things that you went through. And I'm curious, like in the especially I'd I'd say episode five, Danny gets it from the rest of the group. You know, he really like they go after him. And did you start to feel that weight of like Danny's descent as the real world GM? This is where it get, this is a little fucked up. But there, there's a line in episode five where you, where he, Danny reveals that he left a note, like he's left a note for your parents or whatever. That, that you know, <laughs> I remember that. And 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 uh, Anna or um, Kelly says, like, well, what are my parents gonna think? And Danny said, I don't know. They're probably gonna feel some kind of way about it. And I swear to God, I didn't at the in that moment, I didn't think that was a crazy thing to say. <laughs> that's, that's how fucked up it got from <laughs> they'll probably feel some kind of some way about kind it. of way i mean <laughs> true i feel hungry about this <laughs> my daughter's missing are you guys hungry <laughs> but it was interesting because you know i i wanted to kind of uh play this game as like full like with with as little prep as possible so i came in with a very base guy. I had two concepts for Danny. One was he like took your guys' stories. So kind of pulling from um, the fool from the die comics, but making it a bit more central. Um, or he's a uh, famous Vegas magician who's lost his sense of wonder about magic. <sighs> and that was all I came in with. And so a lot of Danny got like, whatever you guys kind of started putting on Danny in little ways, I just kind of picked up as best I could and just like fed into what everyone else was giving me. But I did write out for that episode, like, all right, what is his pitch to every character? And it's like, Anna, you know, you've, you look like this. You can do this. You can be this. For Ned, it was you can control your fate. For Jayamal, it's like no one, you know, I didn't expect you to be an old man, but no one is <laughs> pushing any expectations on you. Like, you're blank slate. Enoch, you have, you have the power to be heard. You have a voice. You have the strongest voice possible. And... I didn't know as a as a game master if anyone would take that bait. Because I tried to make it as appealing to your personas mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah. Um, and I think like Ned was maybe the closest I got until Kelly asked the question, like, hey, what about our parents? <laughs> or what about <laughs> Enoch's, Enoch's kids? kids. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was having a really hard time because again, like it the world was so fascinating and fun that I was like. I, I want to keep, and I was like, I get it. But I knew as well, it was the kind of thing of like, the character choice was always like, Kelly was always going to go back home. Um, mm, yeah. But it was really hard to to do it. 
I I knew that um uh, I knew that because that when we recorded that that was the last episode so I knew we had to wrap it up um in that like four hour recording session and I had still like a bunch more ideas of things like uh Brett was gonna you know kind of be this villain that was gonna be hitting you guys up again but I couldn't figure out a way to make it work well I knew that um Anna's ex I wanted to be like the you know the witch playing on the idea of like you always think your ex is worse than they are and they're actually you know probably okay and stuff and mm-hmm. and it was fun to then use those as um like spoilers or like teaser trailers for like hey if you stay we're gonna do this as well like kind of the idea if we've only explored one side mm-hmm. of the 20 yeah. sides of this isodecahedron I we still have to go back to the troll council as well we still have to go back to the troll yeah, council oh my gosh yes. yeah <laughs> I mean, sh- shout out Hitch Tooth Frauns, man. <laughs> <laughs> we made a promise to go back. <laughs> and then uh, this is a question for you, Brian, but also a question I'd love everybody's maybe thoughts on um, is this is a game. This is a question that the game text asks when you're preparing as the master. And is it uh, are they a victim or are they a villain? And I'm curious how people see Danny when they look at the course of this. Ooh season is is danny a victim or a villain oh wait I'll, I'll answer last so i don't influence anyone to what i think danny was villain really i i think that's what i think yeah i think at the beginning he had all the showings of a villain but by the end of it i think both i and enoch saw him as a victim honestly i feel like the way i saw him was more of maybe like a a victim that like became a villain then became the victim again towards the, how the mm. the story yeah. went uh but i think yeah john Mall just felt bad for him at the end uh abby what'd you think yeah i was gonna say i think it was a um at the end it felt less like danny trying to convince us to stay and us more like us trying to convince him that there's good stuff to go back to. And so I think probably in the end victim. And then Nathan, what would you think? Yeah, this is both. I don't know. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. It's an acceptable answer. Yeah. He did, he did, he did some villainous stuff. He did some victim. I mean, he was a victim of, uh, of, of my, uh, my awesome move at the end of the game. <laughs> 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 no idea what to do there. Uh, yeah, and, you know, it's it's kind of, it's hard to just like separate those two because mm-hmm. they they inform they inform each other. Mm. Um, yeah, he was he was a a, a well rounded person. <laughs> can't, can't be put in a True. box. True, can't put me in that box. I still haven't finished like the final episode. I've had to basically de- jump through and get make sure I got the the key bits. I said, "Did you stay or go?" You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> but like it, from the penultimate episode, I was like, "There's a bit hurt people, hurt people," as everyone always says. Yeah. Also, there's a, there's a line in Dye's manuals. What is the biggest cry for help than dragging your friends into another dimension? You know what I mean? So that always, <laughs> right. <laughs> that always a bit of it. But I was always just like, "There's a bit where you soften the fact you bring the die influencing in." Mm-hmm. you soften him and that's so much where you push him to towards like oh he's a victim he's not just being a selfish person here he's a bit he's also being predated upon you know and for yeah. me that was definitely a bit where he's can you save your friend from this awful Faustian pact he's fell into mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so like you know he's right. he, you know, that's yeah. kind of where we end up like well he's at this point gone, you know may change in the final episode 
but that was definitely the uh, the soft character work there. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really always saw Danny as falling into like a golden age fallacy. Like the, the best days are behind you. You know, it's, it's when anyone, you know, from today thinks like the 1920s were the time to live or the 1980s were the time to live. I love cholera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you, you don't feel what that stuff. What a time to be alive. <laughs> but you just remember like the highlights from this like one specific time of your life and get stuck in that. And I think he's definitely like stuck in that and kind of a victim of that type of thinking. And then becomes prey to the to the game, to like the D20, to the die that is like taking that and starting to like, you know, crank that up to 11. Uh, and, like, try to pull him into this game for good. But also, he said they'll probably feel some kind of way about it, and I, as a human being, said that and didn't yeah. didn't expect the response I got. So, it was probably really, villainous. Because in that moment, I was like, what did the note say? That we, we, like, we'll be gone for the foreseeable future. Like, what is it? Like, in minutes, or was it, like, a suicide pact note? Like, what, what What's worse is that like you guys asked what the note was and and he was like, Don't worry, I'm a good writer. (laughs) 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 I know we were all like, we don't care if it's got like proper grammar and and flowery language. We we want to know what you actually how you explain this. Depending on what you say, using flowery language might make it sound more cult-like. So like please tell me what's going on. We've left to go join a cult. Sorry, Bob and Dad. (laughs) Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm a good writer. I forgot about that. So funny. So <laughs> and then, you know, just as, as we finish up this, like, character section, uh, shout out to uh, Lo Tonk on Twitter, uh, who did, who is the person who did our, yes! uh, that bit of fan art of our Paragons yes! and our Personas. Yeah. So cool. So, so the first we'll piece of fan art I've ever gotten loved for it. anything, and loved it was it, made my day and my week and possibly a year uh so thank you <laughs> absolutely um left us a note saying no question just a whole lot of love for all the uh players and the amazing story they told and for the characters i love them too so Aww. thank you Aww. we thank love you, you thank you yeah, yeah. we love thanks you. for listening um bingus versus big bingus who would win <laughs> real talk <laughs> you have to make a call now bingus, bingus. bingus fight bingus for sure I'm Bingus too. Yeah, same. We love Big Bingus, but he would lose. In a fight? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember, reg- regular Bingus is like uh, made of metal and can like make himself a needle. Like canonically, I think he made himself a needle and a, a round Four spear five ball. Ends, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. I guess. I guess with with enough fair gold, regular Bingus. <laughs> yeah. Get souped up. Okay. To, you know, like Big Bingus sort of has a ceiling that. Uh, Regular Bingus can surpass. <laughs> yeah. Plus his landing gear's broken, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys solved that puzzle. <laughs> oh, it just won't land. <laughs> Fine. You'll just keep circling. <laughs> that was a great sound design moment, Brian. I have to call out is mm-hmm. that battle with Wingus and Big Bingus flying around, and during the conflict between Michael and Ingrin, you have this like, muffled slow motion combat sounds happening in the background just chef's kiss mm-hmm. oh thank you thank you thank mm-hmm. you yeah mm-hmm. um i really loved everyone's like saying cool stuff and then drac you i have you like way in the back going i'd love to say something cool but i'm kind of busy now <laughs> 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 
there were there were two things that I wish I had been able to work in, and one was um, I'd wanted like some something in the final bit to include the potato outside of time. Uh, <laughs> your guys is like failed uh, classroom oh experiment. <laughs> Right. Uh, never got around. <laughs> Ned bought the wrong potato. Hmm. That's right. <laughs> and then I, I did have two questions that kind of I threw out into the world that I didn't have answers for, but I was curious if the world or if your choices would like bring up an answer for them. And one of them was turn left. I didn't know when turn left was going to happen, uh, but I knew I always had that out if I wanted to make something more dramatic. Yeah, I thought that was going to come up in the final battle mm-hmm. i thought it was too and then it just never quite I, I never quite saw it yeah and so then it was it it felt fell at the end um yeah, yeah but the last one was sure. um the last thing i kind of left up as a possible like lore bit that you guys could have filled in was um in the first episode i mentioned that there's like a bite taken out of the moon mm. and we talked about that a couple times and i was just yeah. like oh maybe like if drac wants to like do something insane with his voice. If Kelly wants to go insane with her creative violence, like someone, you know, if Big Bingus, if Mech Bingus wants to go up and take a bite out of the moon, like maybe that's the thing. <laughs> it, it honestly felt like um, level 20 stuff. Like, like this is what mm. we played in up to, from level one to level 20. At some point we fought some kind of God and that's like the repercussion of what was left over mm-hmm. of our like big fights the last time we played here. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, no, that that was re- that was a really interesting. Because um, my brain immediately went to like Galactus or like yeah. <laughs> like those, those like right. eaters and DC or Marvel um, comics. <laughs> what you got hungry? Let's <laughs> take a little nibble. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's our parents feeling some kind of way about eating their feelings <laughs> yeah. by eating the moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, wasn't that that was another thing that either Chanuk or Nathan came up with was that uh Abby's that was that Kelly's mom was the one that drugged Nathan with hallucinogenics. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, she had, a phase. <laughs> she had a hallucinogenics. She, she had a she had a phase. She had a phase where she experimented her bonbons. with drugs. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, uh I think that's about it. Uh, Kieran, did you have anything you wanted to throw in uh, to ask the cast? No, because it would expand infinitely in that kind of year. Like, it's one of the things <laughs> you want to just pick people's brains. What about this? What mm-hmm. about that choice? Right, the, right, right. Yeah. But as I, said, as I said, when you sort of brought me in, um, seeing how people reinvent the tools is the game. Like, that's in some ways, mm. like stuff like the creative violence is deliberately like, okay, what is a, what is a strength? <laughs> what is a mountain, really? You know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> it's explicitly, it's creative violence. You're meant to do that. And all the gifts have that, that kind of vibe. <laughs> so, yeah. like, um, um, that's what would pick you over, but that's what the game is. I could just pick that by listening to it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, I got one, actually. This is probably the biggest thing you did. And this is an unusual thing in a game of die that you deliberately made the uh, the character level, the paragon level, have a, have a have a name and a bit of a different personality. Die traditionally oh. doesn't do that at all. Mm-hmm. Like, die explicitly, you name your persona. And, it, and the game goes out its way trying to make you not think about the character as anything than your bodysuit. In the same way, you know, Jumanji, like, you're the yeah. same person, you're in a different body. And that makes it... Because the double level of roleplay is, A, makes it quite tricky because people... And also, the do you go home or not becomes quite blurred. Mm-hmm. Or can become as in who am I playing? Am I playing, you know, 
you know that 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 thing and we deliberately pushed it in that direction mm. why did you end up going those sort of choices obviously it was really because you a lot of you doing your idealized self versus your real self which is a really fruitful way of looking at it so uh, what sort of led you down that alleyway i think that's my question mm. not alleyway that implies the dead end that made you make, <laughs> <laughs> that, made you take that path as you turn left. <laughs> I think someone asked the same question on the, on the Discord, also pointing out like, yeah, this isn't really in the rules. Like, why'd you guys do this? I don't actually remember how that happened. If that if that started with I, someone or if it came says, up organically. Can I name my character? That I was think actually, Drac, I think you may have done it, it first, me. where you yeah. were like, yeah. my my um, Paragon has a different name. And then I think we all just kind of like followed suit and that because yeah. it also was like a in the world, you kind of got to be whoever you wanted to be. That then, when you add another name, when you get to rename them as well, now all of a sudden it becomes a whole, like you're still the same person in some regards, but it becomes a whole other thing. We can retcon this and make it canon that we, since we all tr- picked up our dice, our die to go into the world, like these were just the what was simmering in our subconscious. Mm. We already had the names for these characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe we'd have been working on this character for years and we'd never gotten to play it. And then we brought it to life. It's really, I mean, it's a really cool choice, I stress. <laughs> like, it's yeah. definitely yeah. a way of, way of doing it. Um, but like, I'm just interested by how the choices and they'll build on, it's, it's improv, yes, ending it. Though, yeah. Yeah. yeah, anyway. I, I asked that because I think, I might be wrong. I don't know if I'm misremembering this, but I remember Brian, you describing it as, um, Danny was like, I made characters for you. Yeah. And when you said that, I was like, okay, cool. So it made me think of like pre-generated characters. Right, like, right, right, right. So I was like, okay, that's where like I imagine like all of this stuff that about like the the demons and devils. Like Enoch himself doesn't know about it, but it's like the flavor text you get in the pre-generated character sheet, and so he has like a history with like I, I just thought it would be interesting to play characters, and I thought this is what you're going for, which is why I asked. It would be interesting to play characters who, even without us wearing said bodysuits had a history in this world already because mm-hmm. then it'd be really really weird and funny to be like jump into this ingrid delmont and then find out that ingrid delmont has a family and three kids and I, I, <laughs> enoch right. be like okay i need to like um figure out separate ingrid and enoch and remember what um, um ingrid knows and try to be this person for these people um so that's kind of where my my initial question came from because then it kind of informed what if i was playing if I was playing Enoch as a LARPA, or if I was playing Enoch as in somebody else's body. Um, right. If that makes sense. Um, Actually, one of my go-to moves is the German die. It's to, um, it's to kind of do that stuff as you arrive in the world and people know you. And there's a, like, uh, the last campaign around Al Ewing, the amazing comic writer, his character was kind of viewed as God. As in, he was this kind of like the god of the pirates. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, and cool. all, they kept on things he said, whatever he said as a character, like, oh yeah, that's the saying, isn't it? And it, all the other characters started saying it as a bit of wisdom. And it, his character, being completely independent, hated it. Anyway. It was really helpful for me as, as a game master to kind of, it was especially true with Kelly, like Kelly with a Y, Kelly with an I, but like, to see where on the scale you were, I think especially with like uh, Ned and between Ned and Cass and between mm. uh, Anna and um, Viper, like where you were, because I, I could kind of get a gauge of will Danny's like final words to you guys, will his like final pitch work or like, you know, how close can he get? 
And it was yeah. fun to like kind of see that scale kind of tip back and forth at various points. Yeah, that was a funny thing when when everybody was talking about the names of their um <laughs> haircuts. And I was like racking my brain in building this <laughs> character. And I was like, but like, who does she want to be? Like who is she could be any name. She could do anything. And I was like, I think it's really just true to her that's the same, but like a little bit more. <laughs> It gives, me, it gives me real like <laughs> Tina Belcher vibes where she's like, yeah, but look, I've got a different colored barrette. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yes, this is the kind of thing that to her is like, this is a really crazy idea. But what is <laughs> with an eye? And then, yes, it was like if she just reached like the full height of her powers, it's like she also puts a little heart instead of a dot. <laughs> <laughs> I really like to imagine that oh as God. she as she destroys the, the D20 and you guys are sucked back to the real world, you just see an outline in wisps of Kelly in cursive with an eye and with a little heart over the eye. And then... And then we, we like, you know, the camera pans through the eye and we go back into the real world. <laughs> love, love. Um, I do think that this idea of the different names and it, like, I love that you asked this, Kieran, because I don't think it was, it was almost, and this is a credit to the way that all of you played together throughout this whole season and responded to each other's choices and leaned in, is that it wasn't it was almost a subconscious rippling of like choosing to make a new name. Like uh, you said, Drac, you kind of asked the question, then decided to do it. And then everybody played this game with every choice in like a, oh, yes, and I'm in like whatever weird choice Chinook throws out, whatever like character creation, <laughs> world building choice Drac is throwing out. And I think it's just a credit to how all of you melded as players um, through this season. So well done. Well yeah. done, you all. Um, you really did do a, a good job. Good work. <laughs> You've done. It's you been done a rare good. pleasure, you know. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And that is all for this episode, and indeed for this season of my oh. first dungeon die. Oh. I'm sad all over again. I know, me too. <laughs> thank you to our co-producer Elliot Davis, to our composer Behold, to Kieran for creating this game, to Rowan Rick and Deckard mm -hmm. for publishing this game. And to this amazing cast, once again, we have Draconix. Hi, I'm your dictator. I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> we have Carolyn Page. Hello, I'm your fool. We've got Abby Hepworth. I'm your emotion knight. We've got Chinook to Sarah. Yes, the callback. Uh, we've got Nathan Yaffe. Wow, I'm a godbinder. <laughs> and we've got me, Brian Flaherty, your master. Thank you to everybody for playing. Thank you to everybody for listening. It's been a great story. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at My First Dungeon. We've got some great seasons coming up. I urge you to follow us along and see what's coming up down the pipeline. And you'll likely be seeing some of these familiar voices and faces in the very near future. And as always, remember, if you're having fun, you're already doing it right. And everybody, but oh, it grew on me. I didn't like You're it. You're goddamn right. It did. And then I, by the end, At I was the like, end, yeah. it grew on me, I guess. Yeah. Gotta have a bit. But, and, uh, yeah. I love it now. <laughs> it grew on me like a barnacle. Like a <laughs> you know? I didn't choose for it to grow, but it did indeed grow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hey all, it's Brian. Real quick before you go, 
If you like this show and you want to support more great seasons, you should head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and jump into the dice pool. That's the name of our one and only Patreon tier that's just $5, where you'll get additional actual plays and extended talkbacks each and every month. We'll see you there. Splash! If you're hearing this, that means you listen to every last second of this episode. And if you simply cannot wait until the next episode drops, you should head over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and become a member of the Dice Pool. Flash! For just a few bucks a month, you'll get cast talkbacks, original games, and a full-length bonus actual play each and every month. As of the end of 2023, there's already over 20 hours of bonus audio, plus a whole bunch of other goodies to enjoy. So head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and jump on into the dice pool. We'll see you there. Splash!